their beauty in horror, a Halloween special podcast. Horror is a genre in fiction books, film, and also art. There has been a rise in popularity for adult horror beauty coloring books, especially as gifts around the time of Halloween. We know that adult coloring specifically induces a mindful state. Mindfulness is a strategy in cognitive behavioral psychology. In fact, studies show that adult coloring book activities lead to a heightened state of self-awareness, increased concentration, and better mood regulation. From a neuroscience point of view, coloring can be an activity that cultivates neuroplasticity. Neuroplasticity is best defined as、um, something that can increase your brain's resilience, the ability to create and form new neuronal connections that help with understanding, memory, cognition, and mental wellness. With mental health issues taking center stage in a post-pandemic world, we must look into therapeutic methods that enhance neuroplasticity. Studies have also shown that adult coloring leads to reduced stress levels and a positive impact on many psychiatric conditions such as anxiety. PTSD or post-traumatic、uh, disorder syndrome, depression, and even dementia. At the heart of this is the visual, cognitive, kinetic pathways、um, that are involved. Essentially, when we practice perceptions of color, space. Lines and shapes, different parts of our brain,、uh, light up. For the same reason,、uh, we are advocating here imagination therapy in art, for example, for mental health. Imagination therapy is implemented in many aspects of modern psychology, including in training techniques for elite athletes. Is the genre of horror beauty a satire of our own self-loathing? My fascination with the realm of the imagination as a dermatologist began with my own observations of body dysmorphophobia. In this case, sufferers experience horror and self-loathing in a purely imaginary way. Yet it is so real; it manifests with concrete reactions, like continual body modification attempts with plastic surgery, and persistent depression or even suicide. There is another condition we know of、um, as delusional parasitosis, which dermatologists manage together with psychiatrists. Patients imagine infestation of their skin with parasites. And start excoriating their skin. Self mutilation results. Interestingly, there is usually no other true psychiatric illness. 
they are otherwise able to function normally. However, the resulting artifacts in skin are traumatic. They lead to secondary infections, scarring, and can even trigger off other dermatological conditions. Working with such patients, perhaps, is what gives me a certain insight into the possible psychological processes driving these behaviors. This is also why I have explored imagination therapy as a useful tool for the layperson to navigate their emotions. Body dysmorphophobia is a classic example of imaginations gone wrong. Sufferers see a distorted vision of themselves that is no longer consistent with reality. Yet there is a way we can try to perceive this condition. Their distorted vision of themselves directly mirrors their self-image, which is a product of their thoughts, emotions, and their personalities. While genetics do play a role, we have this window of opportunity here to intervene. In the realm of thought life and emotional wellness, neuroplasticity is an emerging concept that gives mental health sufferers a ray of hope. The truth is, all of us have bad days. However, for those who suffer from anxiety, depression, obsessions, compulsions, bad imaginations are a way of life. The part of the brain we know as the amygdala activates in fear and stress states. So while we cannot control the events happening around us, the key here is in training the brain to not activate the amygdala in the presence of the perceived trigger. There is a term we know as catastrophic thinking, which is associated with many mental health disorders. This is when sufferers have an inclination to imagine the worst possible outcome.、Um, the severity of these imaginations may be commensurate with that of the illness. However, for many of us, we simply want to avoid getting there. So we want a way to relieve ourselves of the distress associated with bad things happening to us. While we certainly can't stop these events in most cases, we can choose to perceive these incidents differently. Our ability to rationalize and to use our cognitive abilities to overcome these emotional states can tie in to our brain's inherent neuroplasticity. Our personalities are considered fully formed as adults, a product of our genetics and the environment. One neglected aspect of mental health is cultivating brain neuroplasticity as a form of mental brain exercise. The same reason why we train our bodies with physical exercise. Ensuring that our brain can connect the dots in a healthy way is the key to healthy perception. Healthy perception naturally leads to emotional regulation. Dealing with negative emotions after it occurs may be a little more difficult than changing your perception at the root, converting a moment of difficulty and sadness to one of rising to the challenge.
Now, presenting caricatures of horror beauty may just be the antidote,、um, in a somewhat humorous way,、um, in terms of conquering our fears and phobias. The beauty of this genre is that it literally goes into the realm of our imagination、uh, and has an impact on our emotions. Now, if we are able to adopt a state of awareness when we are、uh, perceiving this genre. Uh, we may just be able to harness certain benefits. After all, it is a form of entertainment. Now, the true impact of the horror genre on the realm of human imagination may be lost amidst the festivities of the Halloween season every October. Why does horror appeal to many of us? It is a satire of our blackest emotions. Inviting us to explore our deepest fears, perhaps in a way we think is safe. It gives us an excuse to exhibit primal emotions of fear and terror. These emotions, it seems, albeit negative, also can add excitement to the mundane, everyday grind of life. The neurochemical reactions that occur in the brain, however, are less than desirable. These trigger off stress hormones that are detrimental to many of our body's physiological processes. Fear is part of a stressful state that negatively impacts the immune system. Now, on this topic. We want to relate it back to the heart of this podcast, which is the science of beauty, and conversely, the science of ugliness. Now, I think it is worthwhile to consider that perfect ugliness,、uh, especially in the realm of art, grotesque art in particular, is obviously being perceived as a sort of beauty. Uh, and the beauty of horror itself is a genre、uh, that can bear testament to this phenomenon. I wonder if there is anyone who doesn't loathe any part of themselves. We practice self-love because we certainly tend to self-loathe. The horror beauty genre offers a unique insight in this aspect. Clearly stunning illustrations of artwork that is at once horror-inducing and gorgeous tells us that our emotional reactions can, in fact, be honed and trained like a special skill. Ultimately, it all boils down to perception. These horror beauties are beautiful simply because it elicits the emotion of horror perfectly. Now, part of the definition of beauty must include perfection. In this aspect, we may consider that there is such a thing as perfect ugliness that can be perceived as beauty. This also is a phenomenon that applies to fiction, the realm of our imagination. There is no beauty in the ugliness of cruelty. Imagination may allow our brain to process negative primal reactions. 
This is why I feel that imagination therapy holds such great potential in our efforts to cultivate brain neuroplasticity for mental health resilience. We know that the mind-skin-body connection is real, but it is not easy to simply will ourselves not to be stressed, fearful, or anxious. Very often, we are also unable to rationalize away our fears and worries. That has little to do with any defects in our personality. It is simply the way human beings are hardwired to behave. This is why the animal kingdom demonstrates distinct emotional and behavioral responses in contrast to humankind. A state of mind naturally hardwired in their consciousness is the reason for this difference. Animals live in the moment and do not worry about the past or the future. This does not mean that they cannot be traumatized, for example, uh, which is um, a sort of primal reaction, which we are talking about when we are reacting to, say, horror uh, as a genre. Abandoned pets demonstrate fearful responses because of reinforced unhealthy neuronal circuits induced by bad experiences. This reflects uh, perhaps how part of our brain biology works as well. However, animals are naturally continuously in a state of mindfulness. And mindfulness is a strategy uh, to use with cognitive behavioral psychology techniques that can be used to improve mood disorders. It takes one to the present and can quiet the mind. A state of meditation can also lead to similar effects. However, it is not so easy to simply tell yourself to meditate. I know my mind is rather active and I have never found success sitting still, let alone meditate. However, as I grew older, I was able to discern that certain activities would regularly and consistently bring my mind to a quiet state of hyperfocus. It allowed me to flow and also led me to feeling calm and contented. Art therapy is one and also the two sports I like the most, fencing and equestrianism. Art therapy is the most relevant to our discussion today. In particular, the practice of coloring in coloring books. We all have done coloring activities as children. Adult coloring books are beneficial because not everyone feels confident about drawing or painting and some may even dislike art. But here we are emphasizing that regardless, Adult coloring is an activity that can improve neuroplasticity. So whether one likes it or not, it is beneficial for mental wellness. Aphantasia is a condition of the mind where the individual is incapable of visualizing any imagery. It is quite interesting that screening diagnostic criteria for conditions like autism and Asperger's also include tests for visual imagery and the ability to visualize. While I'm no expert in these conditions, it is sufficient to deduce that our imaginations form a critical component of mental wellness. Back to the fascinating observation of the beauty and horror 
a genre in fiction that most certainly works via inducing the most terrifying imaginations. In fact, part of the appeal is that we wonder most vividly if the very horrifying apparition or vision is going to manifest in reality. Clearly, because we know it is fictional. But beyond that, I think we are learning to come to terms with a primal emotion, and our brain somehow is able to enjoy this without stress when we indulge in it as a form of escapism, in art, in coloring, and in our minds. Appreciation of horror beauty can offer insights into our own psychological states. Perhaps not taking ourselves too seriously for one, as we observe our own primitive reactions of fear and stress with a rational mind. 